0: Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, today's episode is going to be, is really special to me because not only is this young lady changing the world, but she's also the mom to one of my favorite people of all time, Travis Johnson. Without Travis, I would not be able to do what I do. So it's truly an honor to be able to bring Vicki on. And we're going to be talking how to overcome trauma. Because, you know, I know a lot of you out there like me struggled with trauma, and we want to know how do we get out of it. Well, this, this episode is for you, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you, you hit that notification bell. Now, Vicki, I have so much respect for you. you are, you're an author, speaker, mental health advocate, and I love your book, I'm about to finish it for the second time. I'm going to read it for a third time. So I really love your book. I love everything you're doing. How are you doing today, Vicky?
1: I am doing really good today. And it is really nice to after you finish writing a book and even while you're writing it, wondering... If people are gonna like it wondering if it's gonna help anybody and to hear you say that you probably gonna read it three times um that just makes me feel like wonderful
0: well it, it's because you you break down trauma your story into it's very easy to read so a lot of people they'll put out books and they're so hard to decipher they're so hard you know, to figure out and read. Yours is very easily digestible. That's why I like it so much. But first of all, tell us a little bit about where you come from, where'd you grow up, and how did you become the blockbuster woman that you are today?
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Are you talking about, like, physically where did I live?
0: Yeah, where'd you come from, where'd you grow up, and, and what kind of kid were you?
1: Well, I came from a family that was constantly moving. Um, Travis talks about his 50 moves, but mine was more like 150. Uh, my parents, um, we were extremely poor. Uh, we moved constantly. We were in a house for a month or three months or six months. Um, and uh, we just moved and moved and uh um, it was full of abuse. And then there was a, my mom remarried when I was 12. And then we stayed in one, well, we moved a couple times and then we stayed in one place for five years. And that was during my high school years in Annandale, Minnesota, where all kinds of great things. I was like a new person. My whole past, for some reason, was was not in my mind at all. It was like, not even there, never thought about it. Um, You know, and then I just grew on to um, be an adult and uh, had a diving accident, hit my head, actually had a concussion, didn't know at the time, wasn't my it was in my brain that something was wrong. But for some reason, I couldn't talk. I couldn't tell anybody, nobody knew until I got home my mom knew something was wrong and that's when it all got mixed up and I ended up in psychiatric care and that's what has had been happening through all of my motherhood years. I'm sure my son talks about the foster care homes that he was in um, and all of those things were because of a misdiagnosed head trauma that now I after reading my book, I have been healed. I know that I have been. Um, and it was PTSD. And it my son always told me, you know, the best way to heal from your trauma is to write it down. And after years of listening, not listening, I finally did. And when the process was over, there was a, a few months where I was having conversations with myself about these particular diagnoses and symptoms of the diagnoses that were perfectly normal, like getting angry or um, getting angry or talking fast when you're excited or mad or all these things that didn't make sense to me. There's a lot more to it. But anyway, it has been many years of psychiatric trauma and recovering from trauma of the hospitals in between. And so then in the last two years, I wrote the book. Um, CJ that you hooked me up with, got it on Amazon. Yes, CJ is still, we're still talking on the phone even. And the book, um, you know, my son said, do not hold back. And he, I don't know if you remember saying that, but I don't think it made him too happy when he read it because um, everything was in explicit detail, and it was it was a lot to digest. So that's basically, you know, living in different towns. Um, when I was growing up, sometimes we'd live in our car. Sometimes we didn't have a place at all. Most of the time we were running from my dad trying to stay alive. And that was basically, uh, hopefully I answered um, now I'm now I've been living in the same apartment for three, four years, um, very stable, very healed, very whole, speaking to the community, loving every minute of it, mentoring with Sean Douglas and other people as God has provided me to be successful. And I never dreamed in a million years that my prayers and all of my family's and friends' prayers for all of these years have been answered and I don't doubt it for one second that I'm not healed.
0: I love it. Uh, So now let me just hop back a little bit. Uh, When you see I'm writing stuff down is the only reason I'm writing it down because I have a traumatic brain injury also. And if I don't write it down, I'm never going to remember. But, you know, I know I moved around a lot when I was a kid. So I never made friends because I'm like, why make a friend? If I'm just going to be moving and I'm not going to, I'm not even going to worry about relationships. So books became my friends. Uh, Magazines and comic books became my friends. That was my coping mechanism. What was your coping mechanism when you were a kid moving from house to house?
1: God. My relationship with God. He was my friend, my faith, my faith that I learned. The, we never went to Sunday school or church, Richard. I didn't have any doctrine in me or religion or denomination. My mother had us kneel at our bedsides when we were really little and pray that prayer that now my now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord, my soul to keep, if I should die because we were always under under that um, fear and we really were in danger. So she had us pray that. So I knew that God was there. I couldn't see him. I didn't know anything about him, except for that he was protecting us. And I knew that he was my faithful companion that was there. And so it is definitely him that has kept me through the whole thing is there for me today.
0: All right. Now, because I'm a big believer in Christ, everybody knows that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I'm not afraid to say it. But now let me ask you a question, because I know I have I have a traumatic brain injury. And it changed my whole life. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, what TBIs are. You know, you just be people think, well, you got your bell ring wrong. No, well, sometimes parts of your brains get bruised or when, you know, if it gets even worse or untreated, it could turn into CTE. So, talk to us a little bit about what it was like before the C- before the TBI, and what was it like after the TBI?
1: Before the TBI, um, I'm going to talk about those five years, the wonderful years after the childhood. During the during that time, I got to be Vicky. I got to, um, I had a horse that I got to keep. I spent time with her. I trained her how to do amazing things that people don't normally teach their horses. I showed her. I won ribbons. I wore a crown and a banner and led parades. I got to be the president of our choir. I I mean, I. it took me a long time to make friends, though, because well, I couldn't make friends as we moved along and I always had to lose them, but I, I'm, I'm very social and it's very easy for me to talk to anybody, but these friends that I had, I, I got to have them for five years and, um, you know, to be able to stand up in front of the choir and lead it and do solos and, um, I'm trying to think of what else, um, Oh, I know what I was gonna say. All those years before that, when I was in different schools, changing schools, I think you read it in my book. I'd walk down the hallway through a sea of faces. I didn't, um, I felt like I was like invisible. I wanted to make myself invisible because um I just couldn't deal with what what was there. And so during the time those five years before. I had the concussion. I was able to open up, and actually, one girl came up to me after choir one day, and she says, "You know, Vicky, she goes, um, I didn't know, you know, but since we've been talking for the last few minutes, I realized that you're a really nice person. But, but up until this point, you know, the last year or so." I thought you were nothing but a stuck up snob because you wouldn't look at anybody. You wouldn't talk to anybody. And so, um, I became friends. (laughs) I started having friends, real friends that were not superficial or temporary.
0: So what was it like after the TBI?
1: After, after the concussion, which I didn't know, all I know is I hit the bottom of that river and I saw lights and got out of the water and my head felt weird twisted and tangled in my brain um and then not being able to speak and none of my friends realized you know we were all busy having fun tubing diving and then when I went home I walked in the door and my mom absolutely had to know she knew something was wrong because I talk a lot, and I wasn't talking. I wasn't talking about I couldn't talk. I could not speak. And so she didn't know what to do. Um, My question is, why didn't she bring me to the doctor? Was it because we didn't have insurance? Um, I don't know. But she sent me to my bedroom and made me a hamburger, brought it to me and said, you know, I just want you to, wait here. And so then she got on the phone and I was laying there listening to her forever, Richard, forever. I mean, it must have been well over an hour, maybe almost two hours. I was listening to her talk, wondering what was going on with the inability to tell her. But so what happened was She started to bring me, like we lived in Annandale and St. Cloud is 30 miles away. And she brought me to a psychologist and he couldn't see anything wrong with me. Then my behavior continued. Like I started to have a delusion. I was telling my mom, these people on the TV are coming over here. They're going to come and get me. And I was a singer. So um, they're going to come and get me and I'm going to be in their band. And so I was saying weird things, right? Well, I still, you know, I didn't, I wasn't even able to tell her until she was practically dead because she had pushed me out of her life. But what happened is I went into St. Cloud Hospital a couple of times and I was put on medication and my thinking started going weird. And then they decided, well, this isn't the proper place for her. So let's put her in Wilmer State Hospital. I mean, do you want to hear what happened in there or
0: this is your this is your time to tell your story. So whatever. Okay.
1: You, well, what happened was this is where my mom decided that I should go. I didn't really have a choice. I was 17 years old. I was in a big old state hospital. They pumped me full of meds, lithium, cogentin, held all. I got all my records to write my book. I had a two foot stack of psychiatric and medical records, because I wanted to find out where was I? What did they do to me, you know? Um, but in this first hospital, my mom put me in there, she let me make a couple of collect calls to her, and then she cut me off. It's like, it's almost like she was trying to get rid of me. And I was full of these medications, and I didn't know who the heck I was anymore. And my top jaw would move to one side, and I lost you, Richard. (laughs) Um, My top jaw would move to one side and my bottom to the other. And then they'd give me another medication for that. Um, And to very quickly say, I have a condition called tardive dyskinesia now, where occasionally you will see my face has um, involuntary movements and that's from Haldol. And I'm sure it comes from a lot of other medications. It doesn't. It's not a mental illness. It's just a reaction, symptom, result of this damn drug. And um, Travis is like, "Well, take a med." Well, it's like seven thousand dollars a month, and when I'm not on government assistance anymore, I'm not paying for it. And the main, um, the main, what do you call that? The, the symptoms that you get from pills is the same as of dyskinesia. It's one of the main things that can happen when you take this pill. But going back to this hospital, I got angry. And by the way, if you have a mental illness and you get angry, you're definitely sick. So that's another lie from everywhere that we get stereotyped with. So I got angry when I was in the hospital and these two men pushed me to the floor and they stuck a needle in like the upper part of my butt and then they picked me up brought me to a little room i guess they call them seclusion rooms yep. threw me in there and well, throw me it felt like it but they put me in there and they locked the door now come on i'm 17 years old i don't know what's going on what the hell are these people doing to me why won't my mom call why won't they come and visit me I it was terrifying and then um like a few months later, I weighed 45 pounds more than what I went in and it was, it was awful. And it was like a a whole big, it's like, then I was in, I went home and then I was in a different hospital. And every time I would go into, in my book, I list every single diagnosis and every single medication that I've ever been given because It's so weird. Like the medication that I was taking that I'm almost off of now called lithium. Lithium has, you have to have your blood checked. And -hmm. when you take it, there's a line that is very thin between therapeutic and toxic. And there are all kinds of things. You can have a bladder infection and it takes away from the, um, it makes the lithium toxic. So I'm going in and out of hospitals for lots of different reasons, and I don't think any of them were because I have a diagnosis. I believe that they were from the pill, from that pill, from me getting toxic for one reason or another, um, forgetting to take my meds, purposely not taking my meds. Um, So I went in and out of hospitals, and (laughs) these diagnoses I have, it's just crazy. I mean... Why do they give me one when there's like 17 to choose from Um, (laughs) and all of the medications which are, okay, when you go into a hospital, they don't have your records. uh, They might have something, but they re-diagnose you and they give you more pills, different pills, or they add on to the pills you already have, which changes your chemistry in your brain. And lithium alone alters your state of consciousness. Okay. How? I would get out of a hospital. I wasn't, I was worse. The trauma from being in there the cop car ride, the ambulance ride, the ER stay, going into a hospital, you don't know where it's going to be, getting there, they don't know you, different meds, different diagnoses. And after all that, they let you go home to your kids. And you're supposed to take care of them. And it takes six months to sometimes an entire year. The last time I was in, I wasn't able to write with a pen on a piece of paper, cook for myself. I had no creativity. I couldn't sing. I couldn't write songs. I couldn't work on my book. It's absolutely criminal.
0: All right. So then I have a question because... um... I'm a parent I got three beautiful children and I got my TBI after having my children. Um, so what was it what was the thought process thinking you know oh, I got a TBI I'm dealing with all these you know, mental health issues hey why not have a kid how, how was it having a child while also struggling with TB a TBI and mental health issues?
1: Well, I need to go back to the first part of your question. Number one, I didn't know that I had it because I was totally medicated afterwards. I didn't know that it was a concussion. As a matter of fact, I didn't know it was, I, didn't, I mean, I knew that way back then that I had this. But I had to research the definitions of the different types of trauma that happened to your head. And it was a concussion. But I wasn't able to tell, okay? And I was completely drugged up in the process of not being able to tell. And through this whole entire process, before I had my kids and after, it still, I was so drugged up. It wasn't like, my my state of consciousness was altered. I went from different brain chemistry to different brain chemistry to different brain chemistry. I wasn't, I didn't get to be myself. I, I was, I was changed and lied to and told, you've got this, you've got that, and then you've got this, and you've got two personalities, and now you're schizophrenic, and now you're paranoid, and now you're bipolar, and I've never been suicidal. I don't know how the hell I can be bipolar. I told my psychiatrist, I'm bi, or or I'm polar. I said, this is ridiculous, but um, no, so then after I had my kids, I was like, Strangely enough, when I was married, I really didn't have any problems at all or when I work. But let me, I'm trying to answer your question. It's not like I knew I had a brain injury and so maybe I shouldn't have kids because my brain was all messed up. My thinking wasn't clear. I wasn't able to make the right decisions. I wasn't able. I'm going to cry.
0: It's okay. Like I said, this is a safe place. And this is stuff that needs to be talked about because there's a lot of people out there. They're walking around with TBIs and they don't even know it. Like you, you know. You didn't know it. I mean, at least when I got mine 10, 11 years ago, they say, you know, okay, you got a traumatic brain injury. This is, this is, this and this but you were walking around not knowing why everything is happening to you. So that's that's why I think it's so important that people are watching this so it doesn't go undiagnosed. So it doesn't go, somebody will say, listen, I heard that Vicky girl and I'm going through the same exact thing. So that's why you're on the show today. And I want to thank you for that.
1: Well, the the thing is it is that made it so hard is every time I went into a hospital, my kids had to go with my mom or their dad or foster care. And I had to leave suddenly, and they didn't know where I went. And then I would get home, and hospitals make you unwell. These psychiatric hospitals, I'm sure. There are people out there that need them, but I've never needed one. I just needed to go home and be with people. And I was, but anyway, I'd come home and they'd give me my kids and I was in worse shape than before I left. And I'm trying to raise them and it takes me months to be okay again. And then I was able to do marvelous things. I was able to start a little band with them, take them to Valley Fair, play frisbee, I wrote and composed music and uh, and produced a whole CD of my own music. I painted like 30 paintings, I've written children's books. I've done, i mean, all these things. So it was like in the hospital, it was like the lithium got messed up in the hospital, out of the hospital, recovery time with the kids, doing the best I can, telling them to leave me alone. I can't sleep, I'm all drugged up on Seroquel. I can't, you know, and doing the best that I could. And then I got better and I was able to do even better. And then something would happen and they have to leave.
0: All right. So now before we get on, cause I want to dig a little bit deeper into this. I want to, cause now I I'm the kind of guy. <clears throat> I love the comeback story. I love the Rocky stories. I love people that have gone through shit and came back on the other side. And that's what I want to get into in a second. But first I want to thank our sponsors guys. As you know, I don't do anything for myself. I'm always trying to pay it forward. So, um, uh, Really Designs came out with a brand new t-shirt called Today I Decide, and on the back says this t-shirt saves lives. Um, anytime somebody buys a t-shirt or anything from, from Really Designs, 100% of the proceeds go to help veterans struggling with PTSD, anxiety, traumatic brain injuries, like exactly what we're talking about today. So if you if you like to, to support our, our, our stuff, check out Really Designs and just write, T-shirt below and I'll get you the information. And also StreamYard. Um if you guys would like to start your own show, StreamYard is offering you a $10 coupon to start your own show. And Travis also has a brand new course out. It'll teach you how to have start start, run, and monetize your own podcast. Because, like I said, without him, I wouldn't be the man I am today. So if you're interested in starting your own show, Write a show in comments. Now, Vicky, like I said, I want to talk about that. What you were talking about earlier is because, you know, I know that I have a TBI. I know that I have PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anxiety. But when you look at me, I look normal. But inside, it's an infernal raging. And sometimes I go off on my kids. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, on the on the surface, you look great. You know, you look. I'm not I'm talking. i about you know earlier, but inside, you got a burning inferno, and you're confused and angry. Didn't that drive you crazy? You know, because you look fine, you look okay. You know you're, why? You're just going to hell. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, the burning inferno, that rage and the anger, isn't there anymore. So, that's why I look this way.
0: No, but I'm saying but it, it aggravates a lot of people that it's because these are these are um, what's the word I'm looking for? These are injuries that you can't see. So if you see a person like us and we're walking down the street, you never know that, you know, maybe this morning we were thinking about, you know, depression or suicide, you know. So but now that you're out, out and about, I want to know because I can tell you the exact moment. When my life changed, my come to Jesus moment was Memorial Day 2012, was the day that I attempted suicide. But that was also the day that I decided I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. What was your come to Jesus moment when you decided, all right, I've had enough. I'm done. I'm getting better. I'm moving on and I'm going to help others. That was when I was writing my book.
1: But if you're asking me about coming to Jesus, that happened when I was very little. But when I just, well, I'll tell you what, you know, Travis Johnson, <laughs> by the way, I wouldn't be a mom without him. I mean, you wouldn't be where you are without him, but I wouldn't be a mom without him. <clears throat> so that makes me better than you.
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, but anyway, no, no. Um, you know it, it it really it really is travis he he's the one that encouraged me to write the book to heal myself to help heal others and then when i finished the manuscript then he would say you know <clears throat> and this isn't always true sometimes people can make tons of money on their books but he said most people will probably only sell maybe two or 3000 books And that might probably be it. But if you really want to make money and you really want to help people tell your story, then you need to be a public speaker. So at that moment, that's when I decided I went and got my LLC through the, you know, through the, say it, whatever you go through. (laughs) I can't remember it. now. Um, And I started, I dug my heels in, and for the last close to a year, I work every day, every single day towards that goal, and because I know that God, oh, that's the reason. And funny thing is, there's been many, many, many times over the years <laughs> that I've wanted to be a public speaker, and I spent like 30 years performing in front of people singing. Right? Yeah. Well, that's 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 the thing. That was the aha moment. That was when. When I mean, I listen to my son. He's like I listen to my son. Yeah, I, I think what he says. Well, sometimes he says things that aren't very nice. But but this this was it. This was it. We were having the discussion. Now what? With your book. Now what? And so that's what I've been doing. Is
0: and, just- and I think you picked a great another great mentor, in my friend Sean Douglas, um, because without Sean. I would not have started my speaking career so he actually started me off and I love you Sean you're amazing. So now so we got a lot in common you know.
1: And no no I got to say that Sean Douglas is my mentor too. I don't get to 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 do things with him much but we still we still communicate and I'm sure that if I want to to have a Skype or whatever you want to call it with him I'm sure he'd be available for me. But, yeah, he, he told me, actually, that he helped. In the beginning, he told me he helped you. <laughs> and,
0: and they, oh, yeah. you
1: know what else? I I want to say this because it's funny. I, I just want to say this. Right. Um, When I told Sean that Travis was my son, he said, he's like, Travis Johnson, the nonprofit architect? You're kidding. He's your son? Oh, my gosh. If I don't help you, I'm not going to look good at it. if i don't know if i don't help you i'm gonna like be in big trouble or something
0: and also you another close friend of mine um me and her are actually gonna be start working on my next book it's called it's gonna be called too dumb to quit cj ives lopez uh, another amazing another amazing individual um so you pick you pick the best mentors possible So, I have more. So now my question is, if there's somebody that's listening to us right now that you're saying, huh, I know I got, I've had my bell wrong. I have know I've, got, I've been concussed, but I never thought about the, the, the injuries. I never thought about the, the traumatic brain injury. I never thought about the depression, the forgetfulness, the anger. Maybe I need to get help. Where does a person go for help without having to go to the doctors and get all the the cocktails?
1: Well, the first thing that I think of, and this is, this is coming to me. This is in my book. Um, The first thing that I think of, I can't think of right this moment. I have a lot of resources in my head but the 12 steps to be mentally well most of the time, in my book, those 12 steps,
0: those things, are, are you talking about the traumatic brain injury? Well, just, you know, how to, because people, you know, they think, okay, I have, you know, you get a traumatic brain injury, but it has so many other symptoms, like forgetfulness, um, anger, depression, not being able to sleep. Not eating enough, eating too much. So there's so many different things that encompass that. So if a person's thinking, okay, that sounds like me, where do they go for help? Not a psychiatrist. Don't go to a psychiatrist.
1: See, the difference between you and me, Richard, is that I wasn't thinking about having concussion. I I wasn't thinking about going to get help. I wasn't getting help. I was getting destroyed by the psychiatric system. Um, I'm trying to think of where to go. Uh, I guess the the place that I think of would be a psychological center. I went to the Sanford Hospital in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, Those great big hospitals, Essentia, all those huge hospitals have all kinds of different departments, different buildings. And I went through six hours of brain testing. I know that it was many, many years after um, this happened, way a lot years. But I still wanted to find out if I was okay. So... I went through a tons of tests. That's how I found out that I was okay. Then, so you can go, you can go get that psychological. I forget what it's all called, but if you wanted to call one of those and find out this, find out the departments they have. I think it's neuro, neuropsychology.
0: Okay. All right. So then I, you know, also. I've been in recovery now from alcohol and drugs for over 33 years. And I always talk about you can't move forward until you clear the wreckage of the past. So, you know, just because I have a TBI or, you know, that doesn't mean I can still be an asshole to my wife. That doesn't mean I can still treat my kids like crap. And the people I did hurt, I have to go back and try to make amends. So, what is it like? What is your life like now? And how have your relationships blossomed over the years since now you're healthy again?
1: (laughs) Boy, you ask some questions that are hard sometimes.
0: That's why they call me the Male Oprah.
1: (laughs) They call you the Male Oprah? Oh my gosh. How many nicknames do you have? (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) I see nothing, but I know you're there. There you are. Um, the, The thing that I think of is there's few people, especially my kids, and some of the people who have seen this craziness over and over for years can't believe it. They won't believe it. Travis said, I'm still going to to determine whether or not at the beginning of a phone call, how you are, you know, I tell, I tell some of my friends, it's okay. I will be patient with you until you realize that I'm well. (laughs) I don't know how to answer your questions.
0: No, no, that's perfect. Um, Oh,
1: oh, oh, there's one other thing. This, this has been very interesting. Um, I have asked a couple of people that are in the mental health world to see me a couple of times a week. You know, I want to make sure I'm okay. I want to make sure I don't want to end up in the hospital again, because that is terrifying. And will you just like come and fill my medication machine once a week? And because I don't need any of these services, but, but I decided hmm, maybe a good idea for a while, you know, if I have somebody and my friends too, and we made up this we made up this plan of action, which is in my book, it, uh, it involves professionals and friends that kind of look over you and they know your symptoms, but it kind of, anyway, some of these people, the nurse was coming in and filling my pills and we were having a great time for a long time. And I am going, you know, continuously upslope, you know, I'm just getting better and better. <clears throat> but um There's been a couple of situations where I've had to advocate for myself. It really pisses me off when my nurse walked in the door and she knew I was recovering from foot surgery and my house was a mess and my dishes were all over the counter. And she comes walking in the door and she goes, Vicki, why is your place in such disarray? I blew up at her, man. I'm like, you don't talk to me that way. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, just, I mean, things like that, where people, people. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm not, I am a, uh, I received an award for advocating for myself. But yes, I guess I have turned into a. You called me a mental health advocate, so seriously have become advocate for other people. But but the, the, the realization and the people who are in the mental health field that they're used to this, they're used to this box. Um, this person has these symptoms. She's this. She's got these and she's always going to have these. And she's sick if she does this and if she does that. Well, I have done a lot of thinking about those symptoms and they have nothing to do with being sick. I don't know why they put a lot of that stuff under a label, but um, I became wise. And so therefore one thing, wonderful thing that reason that I know that I am no longer suffering from a mental illness or trauma is that my head is clear I can discern my thoughts. I can tell, okay, I'm angry. I'm not sick. This doesn't mean I'm sick. It just means I'm angry. Or um, maybe I'm not sleeping good for a few nights. I'm not listening to the lie that I've been told my whole life from mental health professionals that I am on the brink of getting sick you know and soon I will be in an ER or or my own thoughts I'm able to say to myself Vicky you are you're loving you're trusting you're beautiful you love god you can do this you know god's given you this I can think build myself up clear thinking i sometimes joke like when i was on cj's podcast or that um, now that I've written down all my trauma, it is out of my head. And my head is empty. <laughs> but my, my 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 path my pathway is clear, so now I can deal with the anger. Oh, I was so mad when I realized all this whole thing about my mom putting me having me put in mental institutions and reading some of the stuff that the doctor said about. Um, Vicki's mom um, refuses to be involved or help her anymore. She's done. You know, <laughs> I mean, there was some things I had to deal with. And this, and I also had to kind of – this has kind of been a process when I felt better off and on. But especially, you know, I had to realize, yes – I mean, I apologize to both of my kids for everything. But I also – when I started thinking clearly, realized that I'm not a mental illness. I'm not. Um, I'm not the abuse. I'm not the lie. These are things that happened to me when I was over medicated and treated very harshly, and didn't have even know who I basically was. You know, but now, yes, I did go through that I am sorry process, but I, I have to understand that a lot of that I had no control over.
0: No, like so now, huh? How do we, um, how do we find you? How do we buy your book and how do we support your mission and how if there's a somebody that's str- a woman that's struggling out there? How can they get in touch with you to maybe you mentor them?
1: Well, on my website which is Vicky Joe, like see if you see my name up there, Vicky Joe. That's how you spell my name. It's just vickyjoe.com. Of course you put the letters together. But vickyjoe.com and I have a contact form and you can e- email me. I love phone calls. I would love to sit and talk on the phone. Um there's things uh there's things on my website. Um it's it's not finished. It's it's been more beautified for this podcast and more effective. But um, I would be happy to, look okay, as far as my book, you can get that on there. If you don't want to go to my my website, you can just go to Amazon and get the book. Um, you can read about the author. You can read the back cover. Actually, you can go through some of the pages they let you go through. But I would be more than happy. Um, I planned on starting Starting something, a course or whatever, so that, um, so that I could charge something, just to, to spend some time with people when they wanted to learn about like my plan of action. How do you organize that, or what are these steps that you use most of the time to say well as best you can and stuff like that? But I simply, if you go to my webcat, my website, and you go to the bottom, there's a contact form. Um, MySanityQuest.com. There's a phone number. Um, like I said, I, I love to talk.
0: <laughs> I'd love to. I appreciate you. You have been one of my biggest supporters. And I just want to say thank you. And I'm truly honored and humbled to, for you to come on the show today. Me too. So, guys, make sure you check her out, Joe com. Make sure you pick up her book. It's truly amazing. You're not going to want to put it down. Um, she's doing some amazing things. She's changing lives. Um, she's been with my friend CJ on the author's porch. So check her out there. I just, And So I just want to say, guys, as you guys know, my T-shirt says, Today I Decided. Guys, you make the decision today whether you want to be a victim or a victor. It's your decision. So please make that decision. And while you're making that decision, make sure you decide to hit that subscribe button, share button, and also leave a comment on how, what you thought about today's show with Vicki. Vicki, thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to see what you got coming up next. Thanks. All right, guys, I love you guys. Um, remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is butt up and I will catch you guys tomorrow. Vicki, have an amazing day. I will. Thank you for having me. God bless you. God bless you, too.